0: The Cyclone Fanatic podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes
1: and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Football and Random Things here uh, at Cyclone Fanatic. I'm Connor Ferguson with Colin Newell, Jeff Woody. We'll uh, get into everything here in a second. The Iowa State Oklahoma game, your boy uh, Brock Purdy had. Pretty nice performance on Sunday. At a, a day. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it all first. I want to thank the uh, greatest independent uh, company in the world, Swiffles Hybrids. They destroy their competition, their rival business, terrible. I don't even know what the hybrid <laughs> companies do, honestly. But they sponsor the show. They partner with us. And, and they, I hope they, at some
1: point they type out an ad that they want me to deliver. And they, they trust you to not crash the brand into the woods I'm not which is not, a, which that's the, a bold that's a, the greatest <laughs> independent company
0: in the world you have my guarantee on
1: that how are we doing fellas good good I mean it was weird watching that game so you lose by 30 but you don't feel like that bad you know like I don't know if it was if it was just me but like you finish that game and you're like well that sucks but like it doesn't it didn't feel like the Ohio game you lost by three or whatever it was felt way more frustrated than that one, so it's weird to, to lose by 30, but the way everything happened, you're sort of, I don't wanna say okay with it, but less distraught.
2: I think the exciting part was watching that that first quarter. You know what I mean? Like We were right there with them. We were running the football. Rocco was throwing around with big plays that we haven't seen in a little while as far as you know, 60, 70, 80 yard touchdowns that we, we had back to back. And uh, that, that kinda gets you a little bit of excited and um, shows what the future can be for some of these guys. Yeah, and you look at
0: how that first quarter and how that first half transpired and you knew you were in this type of shootout thing, um, that that was kind of the direction where the game's going, and obviously you want to make adjustments to take it away from that, but Iowa State was hanging with them playing that football, and I thought that was really encouraging. That second uh, Rocco back interception kind of stalled that out, and then after that you can never really fight back into the game. I think the next time the offense got the ball, they were down 10 more points.
1: I mean, you're fighting uphill the whole time. Yeah. you know, you, I mean, the game starts at the pick six. And when you're down 7-0, I mean, because you won at OU. Mm-hmm. Um, but that place, it is a snowball that can really start going that particular location there, there's nowhere else to me that has that same feeling where like when shit starts rolling downhill it can start going fast just because of the way the ou plays because of the energy in that stadium because of how much better ou plays at home because of that energy that you get down seven nothing like they punched back but like i mean if you think of, so yeah they gave up 50 points Now, granted, OU put on the brakes a little bit in the second half, but they also, if they didn't put on the brakes, Iowa State was probably going to find a way to score because you're just going to get more shots at it. So the game could have ended, you know, Oklahoma could have scored 65, but Iowa State would have scored 40 in that. Like they, uh, Oklahoma threw the brakes on, and Iowa State then also had to kind of change the tempo that they were playing. So, um, however... 16 of those 14 points were basically by the Oklahoma defense because you have a pick six, you have a safety. So there's eight points or nine points right away. And then you have another uh, interception that goes back to like the 20 that it's really, it's a really hard stop if you're doing, especially against that Oklahoma offense. So they scored 50, but 16 of those points came essentially by the defense. So you take those off the board and again, it's, it's the big ifs and nuts or ifs and buts of candy and nuts but like if you did that and took it off it's 34 to 20. So like defense played poorly sure they did uh offense stalled out in the second half sure they did but when the old expression it's never as good as it looks and it's never as bad as it looks I bet when the defense goes to watch film they're they're gonna get their asses chewed sure but it's probably not going to be as like oh my god the defense is broken throw everything away it's probably not that
2: yeah, I think I think you got to tip your cap to Oklahoma too. They played a, a great game. They did something that Iowa State's defense hasn't seen in a while and giving up 300 passing over 300 yards passing yards. The first one what 19 games something, something like, like that. that. And, and just their efficiency that they had, you know, they were they were able to make some big plays, but they they kept on moving the chains and um, in the red zone and, and Iowa State's defense, you know, they, they they played solid, but they gave up some points there. Kind of like you said, there it's not as good, but not as bad as what you thought either yeah
1: and the thing that the just the the takeaway from the defense like the big broad takeaway to me is iowa state needs malik verdun back because who they were targeting was they they threw it five so they threw it purchase um and they also threw whoever was in for malik verdun but at the same time a lot of the running plays uh on one side you're gonna have your outside linebacker or um, Bo Freeler is going to be responsible for one side. Well, the other side is going to be Malik for like that other safety, whether it's Ben nickel or whoever else is in for that other safety spot, that is going to be one. Uh, it's, it's an alley defender. Like the guy where most of Oklahoma's big runs came from or any like big as in anything like five or more, anything like that. Most of those came down the alley. Very little of it came right up the gut and very little of it bounced all the way outside the corners. It was mostly alley runs. Well, on one side you have, a uh, with. Uh, Freeler and and McLaughlin and Freeler was everywhere. So fine. But the other side, there's nobody there for a run game and they are picking on whether it's Patton or picking on somebody else, whoever was in there. So like not having Malik Verdun in that defense and also playing against Oklahoma, who has a quarterback who can deliver the ball on time and in rhythm to that spot. That's where that defense can start to crack where uh, in order to play, you know, in order to play against Kansas, if Grady Dick is shooting for three pointers and he's hitting six out of eight three pointers like you also have to have all of your defensive presence there like you can't be sort of off and then be on at the same time and iowa state without verdun was a little bit off and oklahoma was on which i think that's where the big discrepancy came from
0: yeah i completely agree with you there the basketball analogy has me all sorts of
1: tailspin in my head right now with bringing up graded dick oh it's just i mean it really it really is with dylan gabriel if you're playing so different than the Dick, because he's more of a spot-up shooter like steph curry if you have a point guard and primary ball carrier who is just on fire and can't miss that's i mean that's what dylan gabriel is playing like defending that becomes an absolute all hands on deck and part of defense relies on the quarterback missing the throws that you're going to give him we talked about it last week against the oklahoma state thing every defense has a weakness somewhere whatever that defense is no matter what the coverage no matter what there is a weak point and the the bet you're making whenever you call anything is that the opposing offense isn't going to be able to get to that weakness you're going to try and you know cover zero the weakness is if you can have one guy break that man coverage and you can throw it up to him that's touchdown but you're betting on the fact that your pass rush is going to get to the quarterback before that happens. So cover zero, there's a weakness. Otherwise everyone run cover zero all the time. So that happens in every defensive coverage. And you're the Steph Curry example. If Steph Curry's making threes from 47 feet out with a hand in his face, I mean, shit, you just, all right, tip your cap. Good job, buddy. Like if you're throwing, if Dylan Gabriel's throwing absolute dimes and you know, completing, it was only 66% of his passes, but a good number of those were throwaway. If you're completing the high percentage of passes that you're completing in the windows that you're completing them, all right, tip your cap. Some of those, like there was one touchdown where they missed like 13 tackles. They're just trying to Mm -hmm. rip the ball out, which I was screaming at the TV about. But a lot of the plays were just like, all right, you got a good wide receiver on a backup safety, the ball has to go 45 yards down the field on, on the money in order to beat, you know, the one against Jameson Patton, like that ball has to be on the money on time against a backup. All right. That's what he did. Like tip your cap. You make a 47 foot three pointer. All right. You make a 47 point three, 47 foot three pointer. I can't do anything about that. So it is Gabriel was on fire. Iowa state was just a little bit off, but it's the same thing as it, when you got a quarterback that's on, it's like a ball carrier who can shoot or a, a primary ball or on ball, point guard who can shoot. It makes everything harder. Did it feel like they were going for a
0: lot of fumble ripaways later in that game? I just feel like, and it's because Iowa State's been in all these games. Last year, with how many one-possession losses, you know, you want to flip the switch and get back into the game, but it just feels
2: like I've never seen them be that aggressive going for those turnovers make a huge difference in a game you know you get still an opportunity you steal some momentum if we would have you know came out in the second half and stole a little bit of momentum from them right off the start by having a turnover a fumble a pick anything like that that's a completely different football game you know what I mean it's not saying that would come back and win the game but Oklahoma has to go, oh, crap, we have to, we can't just coast it out here. We can't do this. They still have to be aggressive, and um, Iowa State's bench gets a little bit of adrenaline, a little bit of excitement, and something good that happens. So anytime you can get a turnover, it's, it's a huge momentum swing. It's it's an extra possession and an opportunity to, you know, hopefully get a short field and put some points on the board.
1: Yeah, to use that basketball example again, Steph Curry's making 47 points, for, you know, three-pointers. And then all of a sudden the guy who's guarding him blocks one off his nose, like you go to shoot it and then LeBron, whoever's guarding, uh, LeBron blocks one into the third row of the stands. Okay. Well, I might not be able to get that shot off anymore. And then you think twice about it. There's just a little bit more hesitancy and then the confidence to shoot that 47 point or 47 foot three pointer doesn't, it's not quite as strong. Then maybe if you're able to get, whether it's a fumble or whatever, then you know you can again that the confidence to pull up and make that difficult play isn't there so that play doesn't happen because if gabriel's playing with with, with as much confidence as he is and you're able to throw it down the field you know yes do you need to provide more pressure of course because it takes away his comfort and confidence do you need to be able to get a turnover yes because it takes away his comfort and confidence do you need to push him off the spot even if you're not getting a hit yes because it takes away his comfort and confidence but the 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 going for the ball that i think offensively in the second half what we saw was trying to score a 28 point touchdown and then it sort of feels like on defense they were trying to get two fumble recoveries on one play you know like that big touchdown drive or that big you know the one the the annoying one that four dudes are trying to rip the ball out as opposed to trying to tackle the guy i think that was one of the cases where they're trying to you know get a fumble here to try and make something happen but like i mean every the most you can score on a play is eight so uh, it, it feels like they were trying to make the entire team was trying to get back into the game in one play, which young teams do dumb stuff like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, to go to the <laughs> other side of the ball, I think uh, offensively we'll get to the quarterbacks and everything in a second, but Abu Sama and Eli Sanders, seven carries a piece, 67 yards and uh, 41 for Sanders. Uh, what did you guys think about how the rushing attack look and how's the offensive line improving Colin?
2: Yeah, I think that there's, there's some great takeaways. I mean, you're, between those two guys, you're over 100 yards rushing on 14 carries. I mean, if anybody can have that type of production, you're going to be really happy. We saw some big runs from each of them, um, able to get out on the edges a little bit. And Oklahoma's a fast defense. So the fact that those dudes were able to get some edges and, and spark some huge opportunities, I think that was a huge part of what where the success came from early on um they were able to you know hey oh crap these dudes can run the football a little bit we're gonna have to make sure that we defend it and um opened up some some great opportunities for rocco and rocco made some big time throws and um really played some complimentary football offensively there um you know you have a big throw where they have to respect that that two big throws two big touchdowns and then um you know you have have eli sanders and uh, abu go out there and make some big runs um in some space so uh Abu went for 39, longest run, and Eli went for 13. Cortavius went for 20, and Rocco had a 14-yard run. I mean, those are some big chunk plays that um, can spur some offense and, and can force the team to really think like, hey, they, they do have a running attack um, that, that you have to respect. And I just hope that we can continue to see some of those those chunk yard plays because that'll, that'll set up the offense it, in I, good positions.
0: I think to complement that, there was – few different times where it it was third and long and they're converting on a touchdown and i know that's like an over the middle kind of you know yeah he found wide open space and conveniently got to run 80 yards down the end zone with no one even close to him i get it but to do it on third and longs and second and longs especially with what we saw against ohio and you know even oklahoma state it was there was times where that happened but i felt like this week it happened even more they're getting more confident in late third and long situations
2: yeah and I think th- a lot of those were some good throws by Rocco put them on put them on a spot and allowed those guys to go make a play um, you know back to Woody's kind of thing like hey the quarterback's job is to let a playmaker go make a play and I think that's kind of what, what we saw there. And um, we, we really like the, the sight of that. But I think the offense kind of took a step forward in some stuff that we haven't seen for a little <laughs> while. A little bit last week, obviously, with the, with the air raid attack. But uh, that's two weeks in a row where we've seen some really good things out of the offense that we've got to be really excited with uh, Coach Shieldhouse and company uh, calling some great plays and um, really having some efficiency.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I really like, and I apologize for the cough, and I got a little, people are using their Calderman corn wheels to kick the harvest dust up in the air. So you're a little... <laughs> little hay fever going on um but no one the thing with the offense is that like shield house has the keys like that that i think uh that's pretty obvious at this point and they're and recognizing the looking in the mirror and saying what do we do well and what do we not do well after ohio they took a big long look in the mirror and said what do we do well and what do we do poorly and they came out against oklahoma state and then they ran like 60 percent of the newer offense and then still like 40 percent of the kind of the conventional two and three tight end pack formations every trying to run the ball down the downhill and then in oklahoma it was like 90 percent new offense where it was a lot of spread formations there was very few times when you have two and three tight ends that you're packed in like we saw at the beginning of the year and then all through last year it was mostly 11 personnel, or you even, if it wasn't 11 personnel, it's like 12 personnel, but uh, Bramer is one of the tight ends, and he's essentially lined up as a wide receiver. And you got Steve-O in or Easton Dean in and Bramer out, outside or something like that. Like you have, there was spread offenses, and what that does for the big guys in the middle is like what we talked about after Ohio is like you have to give them more time. If the combinations aren't good, if you can formation away where the linebackers are at six yards instead of the linebackers at four yards, well, that gives you that much more time to be more solid in your combination, to actually move up to wherever you're trying to get to. And so the running game worked because the spacing was better. And the guys like Sanders and Sama and Hanson and Norton, they operate better in space because that is much easier to translate from any level to any other level so like if if i get one-on-one in space now granted my in space moves aren't necessarily the same as somebody else's but if i get somebody one-on-one in space at any level i'm expecting to beat that guy but if i have to set myself up and try and give it a, a linebacker a different angle or help a center get to a combination block that stuff takes time to understand how fast everything moves and how much you, how long you have to press everything and how long you have to, there's a, um, uh, there's a lead blocker. How close or how close do I trail clots on the way to a a linebacker defensive end? If I'm too close, I run into them. If I'm too far back, then I run and like all that stuff takes time to figure out. But the spread offense, the more wide, the, the bigger amount of space between the linebackers and or not linebackers, The whatever the receiver positions, tight ends, wide receivers, whatever, and the offensive line, it forces a little bit more space. It allows the linemen to get a little bit more time to their combinations, to get up to where they need to, and it allows Sama and Hanson and Norton and Sanders, it allows them more one-on-one opportunities that are way easier to do. And those guys, as we saw, can actually make guys miss in space. So that offense of like... to, to take a step back, I probably use this example. One of the things I, I love building stuff, like half the furniture in our house, either I've built or I've built with my dad. And so like when I was growing up, my dad and I would build stuff. He grew, he was in construction for forever. And one of the things that I remember we were building a chest. It was like the first big thing that I built. And he gave me like a little life lesson, which was like, unless it needs to have exact dimensions, let it tell you how it wants to be built. Maybe the grain of the wood is a little bit wider and it wants to have wider boards and you, you are going to cut them at four inches wide, but because of the shape of this wood, it, needs to, it wants to be six inches wide. So like listen to it and don't be so stubborn that you're trying to force something into, a, into this. So let it, let it tell you what it wants to be. And that's the coaching staff is doing with this offense is as they're building it, they're letting it tell them what it wants to be with spacing. They're better in the run game. It allows young linemen and young running backs to get more running space. Rocco can still see it, can still sling it, can still get it to people on time. So this offense is more on time. They're better running the ball and they're better time of possession with more space. And so that's a thing that we're going to, I think we're going to see that pretty consistently throughout the rest of the year. Like this is much closer to what the offense wants to be. And again, the second half, they're trying to score 28-point touchdowns. It's a young team. You have a freshman quarterback, freshman running back, freshman running back, freshman tight end, sophomore center. Uh, You have a sophomore tackle, and then you have freshman guard, because Black ended up coming in for Triber, and then Hufford and Miller. So, like, you have two upperclassmen on the offensive line. You have two upperclassmen that are wide, wide receivers, and everybody else is underclassmen on offense. That down by 28 in an environment like that, you're trying to score a 28-point touchdown. So, like, second half, it's not like you can scrub it and completely forget about it, but it is one of those things that, like, the the truer indication of what the offense is is the first half, and then you got to teach the second half how to stay calm and not press. Did you have a breakdown at all on Rocco Beck's interceptions? It's forcing it. It's 100%. The second one, he was trying to throw it away. He just didn't have enough leg. Like, he was a, a half a second too late for that throwaway. The first one, I think you he, he was like I was I was driving home. I was helping my in laws move, um, so I didn't get a like well, actually. Sorry to put you on the spot. I know you love breaking down just exactly what went wrong on this big <laughs> play of the game. I'm not. I'm, yeah, no, 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 fault of your yeah, own at so all. Yeah. So the first, fir- I didn't see the first one. It was a it was a flood levels concept. I guess I don't remember it necessarily. The second one, uh, it was the same basic principle it was levels, where you're trying to get somebody at two yards, somebody at ten yards, and somebody at fifteen yards or whatever, twenty yards, and they're all covered and in that case you're the pockets already moving throw it to the third row of the stands get rid of it Well, he was trying to wait for somebody to get open because he's trying to score a 28 point touchdown and then realized oh i need to throw this away but by that time he's already getting hit because he was a half second too late with it and now you don't have enough power to get it Cause you're, you're on your back keel. You're trying to throw it around somebody. You just don't have enough juice to actually get it out of bounds. So that second one was just like, right, or if you get taken off one of those plant legs, right? And, it's you know, yeah. I yeah. throw on your Aaron Rodgers can do that. Like as far as the, just throw off platform, like jump sidearm throw and still throw it 50 yards, but like not many people can. So you actually have to get your cleats in the ground to throw it. I think that second one was just, he was thinking, I should probably throw this away. And then he was thinking, maybe maybe somebody's going to come open. Nope, not going to come open. Tried to throw it away. Didn't have enough arm. Got got picked off.
0: You work in training and athlete health and stuff like that. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back this year? He said that's his number one goal is to play again. Yeah, probably. So OK, so not season ending at all, or is oh, it mean, Magic? I have no idea. I have okay. no idea. Well, I don't what's know crazy what
2: the- is you saw him, like, what is it, not even three weeks after surgery, and he's out there on crutches putting a little bit of weight on uh-huh. his Achilles, which is like, well, you're, yeah. And I don't know if you
0: guys think it's the Hiawatha or whatever it's called.
1: I said that wrong, didn't I? That's something else. Hiawatha, ayahuasca. ayahuasca. Uh, Thank but I don't you. I, it's or- probably my guess is it wasn't a complete tear. Like, if it, if that's the case, that it wasn't a complete tear, and it was you just aren't partial tear. You his, his magic abilities. doctor credit. No, he, he brags a lot about his doctor. He's I, a good I'm I'm good. I'm good with. I mean, it's <laughs> good good rep there. Sure. <laughs> <because laughs> good good for him. I don't know. I I I would love to see what the actual like MRI is. You know, and obviously I'm not a doctor, but I'd be curious about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I would hope he comes back to play because the Jets, I mean, the, what the one quarter that they were, that one or two quarters that Zach Wilson was on, they were good well good. They're beating the shit you're, out of Mahomes. I you were
0: talking about like the five minutes that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> wasn't hurt yet this year. <laughs> no, when, was when like, Zach Wilson yeah, was <laughs>
1: so dope. When they went backwards and got a sack and a sack and a sack.
2: Yeah. No, I think it's cool to see Brees. I hope he continues <laughs> to get some more carries too because clearly, I from from my perspective when you watch as far as efficiency and everything like that like him versus alvin cook like feed breathes, man oh yeah he and hopefully the jets
0: get it there i know there's you know you have that little party that's like okay we tore his acl last year we got to make sure we don't load management him too hard through the year but I, you got to think it's coming. Did you see they're making a? The Jets made like this docu. Yeah, I saw you tweet that. I started yeah. to watch that. That's it's pretty cool.
2: sweet. I'm excited to watch that and kind of see the see the process of his road back. I think it comes out Thursday at noon. <laughs> well, it's noon Eastern. So go to the New York Jets
0: website. It's all through their media people and find like one JD Entertainment or whatever, and you can watch it there.
2: Uh, yeah, let's knock pretty out real quick. Not Dude, you. 20 to 21, one incompletion. One incompletion. Like it's amazing. Unbelievable what he's able to do. I mean obviously playmakers all over the place, but quarterbacks left to throw an on time To an open guy who can go out and make a play and, and that's what Brock has continually showed to do in the NFL in college I mean he, he always had the uh, Consistency and it, it's just incredible to watch him go out there on the highest level against team Everyone's throwing their best shot at the Niners offensively and defensively because They're a great team. It's a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender. Absolutely. So um. Every, every week, he's seen the best that somebody has, and he's going out there and completing 95% of his passes. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do you think he'll ever have a perfect game, or is it the closest we're ever gonna see it? <laughs>
0: I wouldn't put it past him. I'm shot, dude. Everyone kept tweeting the stat, like with every throw. Yeah, be you'd like John Walters the... t- tweets that he's 10, <laughs> 10 for 10, yeah. and then Keith Murphy said he's 11 for 11 i'm looking down the list and i'm like oh he's got to throw it
2: in completions and yeah. just everyone else
0: is jinxing the announcer's jinx
2: you kept on waiting for it to happen and i mean shoot going 20 for 21 is still pretty pretty damn impressive it's even
1: more impressive too because like they're sometimes the right decision on a play if nobody's open is to throw, throw it in away. the first row stands yeah. it, and like offensive scheme wise to be able to have 20 out of 21 available opportunities to complete a pass and not have to On a screen pass, you have to bury it at the running back's feet. Or on a rollout, you have to throw it, you have to overthrow a receiver in one of those, like, if my guy catches it, great, but I'm expecting to throw this at the, you know, the special teams coach. Like, Mm -hmm. offensive scheme wise, to be even able to call 20 completable passes out of 21, that's pretty impressive, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they got, I mean, smart people and good players in San Francisco. I can't wait to see him knock the Vikings out of the playoffs. It was, <laughs> was going to happen last year. It didn't, and so now it's going to happen this year.
2: It's kind of funny, interesting. You hear all these people, what, a couple weeks ago saying, like, oh, he can't complete the long ball. He can't do this accuracy. And it's like, oh, really? I just went no. 20 for 21 yeah. Like, what, what's the issue here? Also, what? how many, how many,
1: if, if Brock Purdy plays for four quarters, has not lost an NFL game? Unbelievable. The only game that he has lost as a starter was... The one where he, his elbow exploded. So every other start that he has had in the NFL, he has one, which is wild.
0: Yeah. I think he's, if you count the game he came in late, he's 10 and 0. And if not, he's 9 and 0 as a starter. And that's just regular season. So I guess there's one playoff game in there and then the NFC title. So it's still like nuts that you can have that record as I would kill for any Vikings quarterback to have that
2: ever. Well, and just the fact that like, like I said, they're they're getting everyone's best shot every week. They want to beat the Niners because they want to be able to have that's a that's a locker room win if you can go in there and you can say, hey, whole team. I mean, it takes a team win to go in and beat the Niners right now, special teams, offensively and defensively. And uh, wow, what a guy there! Hey, shout just out to Waterman Show.
1: That was that wasn't order. That was the producer
2: saying, quit freaking coughing into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, just getting getting um, everyone's best shot, and going out there and continually winning, getting pressured a ton and being able to make plays and timing right and clearly spent a lot of time with his receivers.
1: The Niners. I really like you just talk about just complimentary football. You know, that's what the Niners are, what everybody wants. Every single organization, whether it's a college head coach or whether it's an NFL GM, it's what you want your team to be. Cause like every game is played on the 49ers terms, mm-hmm. no matter who you're playing, you have to play our game because we have, Eric Armstead, and Nick Bosa, and Fred Warner, and uh, Mafonga, the, the safety, and we got all these guys, and we're going to punch you in the face on defense, and then on offense, we have these zillion playmakers, so best case scenario, we're going to score. Second best scenario is we're going to possess the ball, because you're going to have to try and figure out where this ball is going to try and go, and even if it's 7-0, to zero, you've spent so much coaching energy trying to figure out how to just keep us out of the end zone, that you haven't really had a lot of time to make any adjustment, any other side of the field. And now Nick Bosa sack in your quarterback seven times. So like the, the fact almost every 49ers game this year has gone on or followed the script of 49ers, jump out to a little bit of an early lead defense gets to tee off and go after the quarterback Brock then can just make comfortable plays. He doesn't have to push anything can just get it to Debo or Iuke or McCaffrey or whatever. And once you do that, then you can run a comfortable, efficient offense. The defense gets to even, it's an upward cycle, you even get a play more pressure. Cause now that they're up by 17 and then Bosa can really pin his ears back. And then the corners can go for interceptions as opposed to trying to bat the ball. down. like the whole thing is built to execute and play on their terms. I'm excited. I mean, Philly is the, to me, the only team that can, that can play that game with them. And Philly hasn't looked like Philly of last year. No, they, they, I mean, they had, well, to be, I feels like for whatever reason, Rivera has the Eagles number. Like they, they beat them last year. They broke their unbeaten streak at eight. No last year. And then this year they should have beaten or not should have could have beaten them in overtime. So like, I don't know. It's one of those, the league is really good, but yeah, it feels like Philly and maybe Dallas depending on how their offense performs at the time are like the only teams, I mean, in the NFC. And then the bill Scott get traded or let me show me what Dak's done in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. I'm, you said maybe <laughs> Dallas
0: has a chance. I'm asking if Dak Prescott's getting traded
1: anytime soon. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Uh, Sorry, Jake. No, the... Uh, nice <laughs> thing. If, I don't know, it just feels like the, uh, the defensive line, I mean, if you can have a good solid so defensive good. line, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what else is going on in your team because Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, just unstoppable. Cowboys, Niners, Sunday night football this week, right? What a game. That'll be, that'll be an wait.
2: exciting one. Great
1: test.
0: I think the Niners have won that one by 35. I just don't think much of Dallas. That's just me. All right. Uh, last thing from Iowa State, Oklahoma, uh, and we can talk to you, you a little bit after that, but I had this take, and you can tell me I'm an idiot, tell me I'm stupid, and shouldn't worry about this. Obviously, you want J.J. Cole to play as much as he can under the four-game umbrella and still get the redshirt season. I thought bringing him in down 30 to Oklahoma with all of their backups in the game was not a wise decision especially if Rocco ever gets hurt late in the season.
1: Oh, no, do 100% what you want
0: Rocco to get hurt No, 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 I'm saying
1: you're burning one of those four redshirt games So what's the other option Tanner Hughes that you're gonna go Tanner Hughes instead? Sure. So Fine, but if the only way calling a quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do You don't Changes, want that <laughs> that guy who
0: kept changing from number three to 66 never saw him on the TV that was the weirdest. That got announced like four times that he was changing his number from number three to 66. Oh, it's, on, it's on special
1: teams. Okay, you, you, I would just put Colin Newell in a number four jersey. You can. They, we had, we actually. I don't know if you guys had him. We had zip up jerseys. Yeah, that, like the Velcro oh really? sides. Yeah. So like, yeah. and the reason for that is so like Miles Purchase and Cartavius Norton are both number five. Ones on offense, ones on defense are never going to be in the field at the same time. But if you get the point on punt team, where Cartavius isn't going to be on punt, but like let's say on punt team. You, there's two. There's two number clearly. fives. Yeah. Then you have to just put gotcha. somebody else in some number that's not claimed. You so have ours, to announce that so that yeah, you have to make to gotcha. so make sure the opponent knows that like oh number sixty six is now Cartavius Norton. Okay, got it. And so athlete, not some scrub. yeah, not some. <laughs> why is why is that dude that's 5, 10, 220 in <laughs> <and> number sixty <laughs> six? I was
0: thinking I was going to see I know, playing but, left tackle. <laughs>
1: um, no, I it, it's I think that you want to get as live reps are the only thing. The only thing that simulates live reps is live reps. Like you cannot simulate how fast everything is and also not knowing what's gonna happen. So like in practice, I mean, we talked about it kind of at the at the golfing when we had this three hours in the car together, but like you guys would torch that defense in practice, no matter how good the Iowa State defense was because you knew what was happening. Like Absolutely. even if they're gonna call a blitz, you're like, I've seen this blitz. 53 times yep so what you action against somebody else why that's so important is because you don't know what's happening you have to actually react you have to predict something check a prediction against what a read is so like jj needs as many reps as possible i don't think that that's necessarily it's it is a good idea whenever you can get him in the game to get him as many reps as you possibly can get jj in the game how many games he played now
0: He's appeared in two now. Yes.
1: Like, my thinking is you know, say you got three games
0: left in the season and Rocco goes down. Well, now you're a game short on JJ Cole. And maybe that's just unlucky. And that's how you're screwed anyway. I don't think
1: that's a. You want your quarterback to and be. And I'm
0: not, yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing he got in. I'm not saying it's a bad thing he got experience.
2: No, I know. I absolutely you know. understand what you're saying. I just, I think that Oh, I, you, you're going I, into a hostile environment and you can say, hey, let me get yeah, this freshman yeah. quarterback. I mean, that that's a confidence booster for a guy that he's been grinding his butt off now for how long? And it's... How many ever weeks into this five weeks into the season and say hey we can get this guy some play and keep him engaged and and allow him to go out there and see some live fire
1: yeah and all in all i think just if we're talking quarterbacks i think rocco again played really really well outside of those two interceptions those two were again I, I i hadn't watched back the first one but like probably just mistakes that he needed to take care of but and and i remember saying i was texting with uh mahoney during the game um Rocco in six games or next year, or at some point when they give him more, uh, at the line of scrimmage control, because right now this is game five, right? Like Iowa state's two and three. This is game five for Rocco Beck, which is wild that he's performing at this level at Oklahoma at, o- at OU, like game five. And so at this point, a lot of, a lot of the decisions he's making are very simplified decisions, which is like. As the as the pass concept comes out, there's you know, middle open, middle closed. If it's middle open, play left. If it's middle r- closed, play right. Or if it's man versus zone, your primary read is Jalen Knoll to Hyatt to, or to whatever or Higgins, excuse me. And so, like th- there's there's your retreat, whatever. Versus once he gets more comfortable, and this is what Brock, one of the great things about Brock is he's able to get himself in situations where he can be 20 for 21. The the play that sticks out to me is so I always think it's a big play, they get into the red zone and they run, uh, they check to an inside zone or a a run to the left to Sama and it gets tackled for a two yard loss. Well, two things could have happened if Rocco was either more confident and had the ability to, or if they still kind of have the training wheels on to make sure he doesn't get too, because it's it's a bad confidence. If you go to make a change to the line of scrimmage and it's wrong, then you second guess every decision you make from that point forward. So it's good to keep training wheels. I'm not saying like they're holding him back. So in that front, the way that I, or the way that Oklahoma was running is it was either Higgins or Knoll was one-on-one to, or it may have been Daniel Jackson. Anyway, there's a wide receiver to the top side of the formation and they're playing cover one with a middle safety or middle close safety to balls in the right hash. So wide receivers on the left numbers, the nearest, the only guy that can defend that pass is the cornerback. Take that shot. It's second and 10 or first and 10 or whatever it was take that shot that's if you think about what would happen in the nfl if you're playing one on one with a middle safety and there's nobody else that could be around there i'm going to throw that ball but let's say they don't like that matchup that corner is you know it's patrick peterson circa 2012 like you're not going to throw complete that pass they check to that run play there's two wide receivers on the right the guy who ends up making the play was playing over number two the second guy in from the right and brought pressure what needs to happen on that one is you look at Jalen Noel was actually the one that was the number two. You look at Jalen Noel and you just give him a sign like slant or hitch or something like that. It, Cause if that guy's coming, I'm going to throw it right where he left. And that that's the kind of, you'll see these checks all the time. If a guy's blitzing, I throw it right behind him because it's a quick, easy six yards. So option one is throw it one-on-one. You have a, I think it was yeah, Daniel Jackson, Jaden Higgins throw it one on one. It's cover one man to man coverage, hundred percent. I know my guy's going to win this. Take the shot over there. Second possible option. Give a, a, Tell your second, re- tell your slot receiver to the right. There's a blitz coming. And Noel was pointing at it, screaming blitz, blitz, blitz. They just Rocco doesn't feel comfortable making a check. So, Hey, run a hitch to this side, but he didn't feel comfortable making either one of those. So he had, ran handoff for two or three yards lost fast forward, six games from now. Shieldhouse calls that play. They call the check to run that run play. Rocco sees either one of those options. And even if that play is not called, you can on a run play. You guys, if Brock called a check to throw a a go ball to Hakeem Butler, you didn't need to know that. You can block run play because he's going to catch. And it was probably going to be a touchdown. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, good job. (laughs) Y'all go keep that up. But like with Rocco, if he sees that, I mean, the the, the name for that that we had was called Florida, and so you just make... Uh, a hand sign that means Florida to the wide receiver and you, like Darius Reynolds was the guy if if they ever left Darius Reynolds one-on-one and Arnaud's playing quarterback or Barnett's playing quarterback and I can just chuck it up to Darius Reynolds I'm going to give them a, they're playing one-on-one middle field safety I can beat that Darius Reynolds going to beat that corner you'll see that little you know like and if every NFL quarterback does this if they give just like this little thumbs up or waggle their fingers or something like that that means run this route I'm going to throw it right away because even if offensive linemen fire off the ball right away if it's catch throw no one's downfield yep. i have a one-on-one automatic so like those things six games from now are gonna be could be touchdown plays or they could be even if it's the throw a hitch to to jaylen Knoll, that's second eight or second two now so like this offense is going to continue to get better as rocco continues to get experience because like I said, he's not even halfway through one season yet. And so like the more he gets comfortable, the more he's able to change stuff at the line of script and take advantage of the opportunities. Like Gabriel was doing that all the time, all the time. He saw one-on-one Chuck it, but Rocco's not quite there yet because he's still a baby. But like this offense is Rocco played well. The offense is going to continue to get better. The more it kind of grows into its own shoes and understands what it needs to be.
0: Yeah. And I think at the very least after you know, five games this year and seeing the amount of freshmen playing on the field, I think that's got to excite a lot of people because they're all developing that chemistry together, all those big
1: pieces in that core of it on both sides of the football, honestly. Boniface is a sophomore.
2: Sophomore, yep. Right?
1: Yep. So Boniface theoretically has three more years. Rocco has this one or has two more years on Boniface, has two more years on top of this one. So two and a half years. Rocco's got three and a half years. Uh, Sama, Hansen have three and a half years. Uh, Sanders has two and a half years. Norton has two and a half years. Uh, Higgins has, one, he's a junior, right? I think he's a tra- junior junior's transfer. So yeah, he like, might so. be either a senior or junior. So he has a year or two Jalen's a junior. He has another year or Jaden, uh, Jalen Noel has another year. Daniel Jackson has another year. Brommer has two, three and a half years. So like there's a lot more time that this group can spend developing, um, and Rocco, I mean, Rocco is kind of at, at the center of it. And I mean, Boniface is too. Like, if you're going to be the center of that offensive line, they, they've shuffled a lot. The, the, yes. the guys that haven't moved have been Boniface has taken basically every snap at center this entire year. Yep. And Tyler Miller's played every snap at right tackle. Pretty much those are the only guys that haven't been swapped out at some point. James Neal has played most of them at left tackle, Hufford. Uh, Hufford. But like those guys got in the lion's share but like the guys boniface has played basically every snap yep. so like you build that offensive line around a guy who can communicate well the reason why he's there is because he's smart like he's smart he knows the offense is comfortable rocco's comfortable with him mm-hmm. like that that whole thing all those guys are underclassmen
2: yeah they've they've played they've definitely played a lot better in that game as well i mean still keep it up. I, they get up one sack I think in the against Oklahoma, but they're still keeping their sacks sacks really low and um that that's huge for especially getting a young quarterback settled. If he's not getting hit and he's not uh, getting sacked and wondering who's gonna let someone free or I subconsciously in the back of your mind, that's a huge, huge help for Rocco as well. For sure. I don't think there's a way you can go two and
0: three and feel better than Iowa State does right now about a team.
1: Yeah and I mean this next At least this year. This next <laughs> chunk of games too is it's massive? They're all- way gettable. Yeah, way mm. gettable. So like, I think the energy on Saturday is going to be bonkers. Cold At game. Jack Trice. Cold game. Got the Jack Trice throwback uniforms. It's a night game. Like this, I think Saturday is going to be bananas environment. And then you have the next one. The next game you're going to play is Cincinnati. We've seen Cincinnati's pretty pedestrian. Uh, I mean, they're they're they are about iowa state cincinnati and iowa state seem like they're really similar programs right now except cincinnati is an older version of iowa state and then like the the next few batches because w- what's the next five games it's tcu, it's TCU cincinnati, cincinnati, cincinnati bye. baylor
0: after the bye week i think and then kansas and then did i skip a
2: game yep tcu well, don't say, yeah, and then forget. I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. TCU, Cincinnati, Baylor, Kansas, BYU, Texas, Kansas State. Ah, I forgot so BYU. So Texas
1: and Kansas State, you get by the time you get there. But let's say, I mean, I the, the next five-game stretch, if Iowa State won three or four of those, would you be surprised through no. that? No. Especially
2: es- seeing this revamped offense, and we know what the defense can do.
1: Right, especially if, if you get Verdun healthy. And even if you don't get Verdun healthy, you have it's two games in a bye week. but like you the the defense will get back like whatever adjustments they are going to make i feel confident that they're going to make some adjustment to whatever teams are doing to them When the offense can be comfortable if they can take care of the ball and not turn it over three times then you're the the schedule lightens up after this after oklahoma and now you have a good five-week chunk that you're go capitalize go capitalize on it and especially with a young team heading into texas if you're so iowa state's what three two and three right now let's say they go four and one for the remainder of the or for the for the next batch you're six and four going into texas you right? got a shot you that is a lot more confident of a team than a team that's three and s- seven or whatever it is so like these next these next games is a huge opportunity to kind of springboard a young team into being really confident
2: And mind you it's a late november game it's against true. texas and who knows what's,
1: and who knows what's going to happen i mean oklahoma's really good i don't think they're going to play at Oklahoma going to, they don't play as well on the road because that home environment's really big for Oklahoma. And now they're going to play in the cotton bowl, which is going to be, you know, 50, 50, but like, I don't think Oklahoma going to play as well, but let's say Oklahoma beats Texas. And then at some point down the road, when Texas plays another team, they, they trip up another time. Like maybe if Texas has two losses, by the time they get to Ames, it's cold and they don't, they're not playing for the big 12 title and all, they, they can, they can throw in that towel. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it, it is possible. And I mean, again, this next five game stretch is huge starting on Saturday.
0: Now the I've said this many a times. The black uniforms raise every player's you know how you have a Madden overall, you have ratings for each category. Okay, every player goes up by five in the black uniforms. Are the Jack Trice uniforms more significant than that, Jeff? You would be the only one with experience playing. Man, they're those. cool.
1: They're cool, and I mean these ones are even better. Like the the yeah, white Ames helmets and like the the Cardinal jerseys. The, I mean these are clean, clean, clean. Like you you know for like the, because it's so special. Like you do feel like the burden of responsibility. Like I don't know if you guys the first time you were in blacks in that like West Virginia game. Like I don't know if you felt like the burden of responsibility of like we asked for this for so long, or we finally have this chance. Like don't screw this up. Yep. So I don't know that this, it feels like they're going to like on Saturday, you're, you're not going to play like you, you feel it's important to do really, really well. So it's not like it matters more, but like, it's easier to focus when you have something like this, that like you're trying to honor Jack Trice and how big of a deal Jack Trice is to the university, to the community. Like that's a, that's a big deal.
2: And they're cool. I mean, they're cool. Look at playing. Good.
1: Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm excited for it. I, Think obviously, I overhyped the uniform stuff because I like looking at uniform colors. It's just I'm weird like that. But are you an Oregon fan? Then no, I I wouldn't say I'm an Oregon fan. I mean, appreciate, you're a fan of their uniforms. Yeah, I, I appreciate their their throwbacks. Are be clean this
1: year too. Yeah. Or this week. Oh yeah, Do you see they look great. Organs, oh, organs. They got huh. throwbacks. Oh, they're clean, clean. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Phil Phil Knight does a great job. He's want, uh, yeah. <laughs> buying the uniforms for him. Yeah. When when the guy who owns Nike <laughs> gives all the stuff back to you, that'd be fine. So anybody gonna go invent? Uh, a worldwide apparel company out of iowa state do it do it please do that that'd be really nice <laughs> we're more on the computer train there that's true and, and agriculture that's right and animal health a lot of animal health so you're veterinarians welcome you're welcome you might have cool uniforms but because of us you have healthy puppies
0: i think that's where we got in this one <laughs> <laughs> good outro woody we'll see you guys next week football and random things thanks for listening